Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and we're still in Amherst, Ohio at St. Joseph Rectory with Father Michael Dank. Welcome, Father. Thank you. Glad to be here again. Great. We're continuing our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the Church. So question 126 of the UCAT asks, what does it mean to say that the Church is the body of Christ? So we, as we talked about yesterday, the church, um, we, we tend to think of the church as being a building. And uh, while that is uh, a symbol of the church, an image of the church, it's not the full concept of what church is. Ultimately, the church is the body of Christ. So when you think about that, um, and that also has a, a whole lot of meaning to it, that, um, you know, as um, Paul says in his letter to Colossians chapter 1, he is the head of the body the church. So Christ is the head and the church is the body. So not only um, if you think about that mystically, that that Christ is the head and and all the people are the body, we also, because we have physical bodies and the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, we are the body of Christ. We are the church and, and God's manifesting himself today to all the world in his church through our bodies. So that's one of the, the images of, of church is that being the body of Christ. So the UCAT says that above all, and this happens in our baptism, through the, the Holy Sacrament of the baptism and, and the Eucharist, there is an inseparable union that comes about between Jesus Christ and his Christians. So when you were baptized, you became the body of Christ. And certainly when we receive the Eucharist, we become the body of Christ. So... This forms us into the body, and and the head is Christ. So how could I become a part of the body of Christ if I was uh, an infant and below the age of reason? An infant below the age of reason? Baptized or not baptized? Baptized. Oh, so you're baptized. Well, you are. I mean, just by your baptism, you are the, the, the body of Christ, you know? So I think about even Christ when he was before the age of reason. So when he was conceived in the Virgin Mary and when he was born in the nativity, that that's Christ, you know? So Christ was present in the world and an infant. You know, I think that's such a wonderful um, image of God that he came to us as an infant. And when he did that, I think he re- was revealing to us that we no longer had to, to fear God. Not that we don't stand in wonder and awe of him, but that he, he's not going to hurt us. You know, and you think about a child, um, there's something about a child that you're not threatened by, you know, that, mm-hmm. that uh, a child is something that you automatically treat with reverence and with gentleness. And I think that, uh, that that's a revelation to us as church, too, that um, even in the children, you know, Jesus said, let the children come to me. There's something about children that reveals to us something about God's nature, mm-hmm. that God comes to us as being humble, gentle, vulnerable, non-threatening, and, and lovable. I think you're right. Before Christ came, 
I think God was thought of this big, powerful uh, being mm-hmm. that should be feared. Right. And then when Christ came along, again, he was this uh, vulnerable infant. Yeah. And he was one of us. Right. He, be, he, be, he literally became our brother by becoming and lowering himself to become one of us. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, when parents uh, baptize their children, they're making the profession of faith for their child, you know, and sometimes uh, parents will say, well, shouldn't I let let my kids grow up and decide for themselves, you know, what they want to be in? If we really believe what baptism is, and it is them becoming Christ, you know, God in the world today, um, you know, as, as, as one person once said, the world is inflicted with sin. You know, we have what's comparable to, you know, spiritual AIDS or even think of Ebola today. We have the equivalent of a spiritual Ebola. And unless we have this vaccine, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to succumb to it. And the vaccine is, is baptism. In baptism, we are freed from sin and we become God's holy church. We become members of the body of Christ. So even infants become members of the body of Christ. And why wouldn't you want that for your child? You know, why wouldn't you want to protect your child and to give your child everything to become safe in this world and to become even more than safe to become Christ in the world? And even as adults, I I think of a couple of my own kids who don't think they need to go to church. Their souls were infused Mm -hmm. with supernatural sanctifying grace. Yeah when they were little, and all the masses that we went to as they were growing up, even though for the time being they're choosing not to practice their faith, right. somehow I believe that grace is working in their souls and in their lives, even though they're making a free will decision not to practice at this particular right. time. Right, and that's the wonderful thing about the body of Christ, Tim. So you've done... You've, I hope, I'm sure every parent does the best that they can, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's their greatest desire is, is to raise their child and to bring them up in the faith. That's what they promise at baptism. But the wonderful thing is, now it is your primary responsibility, but you have this whole church supporting you. You have this entire church. So your children, it might not be you that brings them back. It might not be Probably you that not. keeps them there, you know, but somebody else will. And we ultimately believe in the good shepherd, you know, that he finds his lost sheep. And so even greater than your desire to bring your kids back is, is God's and, and, and the church's. The, mm-hmm. the whole church is yearning for union. We're yearning for, for, all of, for your children, for all of those lost sheep that's to come back. That's a great point, Father. I guess I didn't think of that, but that's, thanks for sharing that. Uh, 127 of the UCAT asks, what does it mean to say that the church is the bride of Christ? So we think of, uh, and, and I think especially in today's society, we, we, we want to get rid of, not we don't as a church, but the society tends to want to get rid of sexuality. You know, so if you think about um, everything going on with gay marriage, and um, uh, I saw even on Facebook, um, there's a whole new uh, transgender thing where, you know, you can kind of become whatever you want to be. And I'm not criticizing or condemning any of that. You know, every person is created in the image and likeness of God. And we all have to work out our identity before God and even our sexualities. You know, we have to come to a, an understanding of, of who we are as sexual beings, but there is something powerful and beautiful and profound about our sexuality. You know, from the very beginning, God created them man and woman 
so that the two should become one flesh. There is something God is revealing to us in our sexuality, in our nature of being a, a male or a female. And Jesus Christ, you know, so sometimes people, you know, get, get um, upset or, you know, with the notion of, of the male priesthood, why do we have the male priesthood? You know, why do why do why can't women be priests? And I think before we even ask that, we should ask, what is God revealing to us about Himself through the male priesthood? And if you look at it, why did God choose a, a man? Why did Why did He come as a man? He could have come as a woman. Now I don't know. I don't. I don't want to give you that answer. I think that's part of God's mystery. But I think it's worth at least wondering and pondering of what is he revealing to us? You know, what is he revealing to us that he came as a man into the world? And so that's one of the images for church is the bride of Christ. That if, if Jesus was the bridegroom, the and church, he was, and he was, yeah. And, and he, you know, he, he, he revealed that he said that, that, um, the church is the bride. And if you think about, um, you know, a couple that that gets married and they make, and marriage is such a, a rich sacrament. And I think obviously it's going through an attack today. But if you look at a good marriage, you know, if you look at a couple that's been married together for 50 years and they've been with each other through good times and in bad, through sickness and health all the days of their lives, and you truly see a couple that is happy and blessed by, by knowing each other and loving each other through these good times and in bad, that's a wonderful image of church. You know, so Jesus is the, 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 the bridegroom and we as church are, are the bride of Christ. So he will be with us through good times and in bad, through sickness and in health. He will love us all the days of our lives. So the UCAT says that Jesus Christ loves the church as a bridegroom loves his bride. So think about that. You know, as a, bri as a, as a bridegroom's getting ready for his, his wedding night, man, he's all consumed with this bride that he's going to have for the rest of his life and get to spend not only his honeymoon with, but all the days of his life. That's that same love that Jesus has for us. He can't get enough of us. You know, he wants to devote himself to us um, as church. You know, he is so committed to us that he's willing to, to give himself to us who are totally imperfect, totally, you know, unequal to who he is. But he's willing to love us anyways and wants to love us. I just thought about what you said earlier about Dan and you and I being in heaven forever together. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm enjoying this time together with you guys. I'm and that's like, one of the images that he gives us even on earth is the wedding celebration, you know, the wedding banquet. So if you think about the last wedding that you went to. And it's a party. It's, it's a celebration. It's a wonderful celebration, you know, and people always say um, they only see each other at weddings and funerals. But, you know, what a great image of a wedding feast. You get to get together with all of your loved ones, all of your family, all of your friends, and it's just a wonderful celebration. You know, so that's an image that Jesus uses for the church, mm -hmm. that we are, you know, he is the bridegroom and we are the bride of Christ. Okay. Lastly, what does it mean to say that the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So the UCAT says the church is the place in the world where the Holy Spirit is completely present. So in our world today, we can find God's presence in the church his total presence in the church in the body of Christ as we mentioned before but the temple if you think about the temple so in in the, in the old testament in the hebrew scriptures when they wanted to go experience god and the jews would even once a year make a pilgrimage and they would go and travel to the temple because that's where god was present 
in the Ark now, of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant. And now he's revealed to us that he's present um, you know, through, throughout everywhere because of his, his involvement in the church. And when he, when he came and commissioned his disciples on Pentecost and said, go out to all nations, baptizing them in, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, we get to live in the age where this is, it's happened. It's happening. He's gone out to all nations throughout the entire world. And he's world. in every tabernacle, which is another reason to go to church every Exactly. Week. But not only that, he's, he's, he's in, he, we become a tabernacle. So when we receive the body, so we of Christ, become a temple. Of the we Holy become, you know, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He's dwelling in us. So now, when 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 you go out into work, or when I go, you know, anywhere, we're bringing Christ to the world. We become His living temple in the world. And that's an awesome responsibility, but it's it's the right thing to keep in mind when the world, as you said, is this place of spiritual aids they yeah. need god we and need we are the ones not just the priests but all of the, us the baptized. body of christ all the baptized need to bring christ yeah and we hear that in, in paul's letter second letter to the corinthians for we are the temple of the living god i will live in them and move among them i will be their god and they shall be my people so we are his temple and he is living in us as church awesome you've been listening to father michael dank Father, can we have your blessing, please? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry reminding you that God loves you more than you can even imagine. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, Log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.